from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Most people carry around a lot of spiritual and emotional baggage throughout their lives. A lot of that baggage comes from the mistakes we made in the past and from the hurtful things that other people did to us in the past. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to let go of the past through the power of forgiveness so that we can move forward in our lives without all of that baggage weighing us down. We'll explore the Bible's directive to observe the Day of Atonement every year and learn how the traditions and teachings related to this holiday can help guide us towards a better life. On our last podcast, we discussed the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, which Jews around the world celebrated last week. It's a joyful holiday that marks the Jewish New Year, and in typical Jewish fashion, we celebrate with plenty of delicious food and feasting. But as we discussed last week, Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, also has a very serious side. It is a day of judgment that initiates 10 days of repentance. The days of repentance culminate with the holiday of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur is the holiest day on the Jewish calendar, and it begins this Wednesday evening on September 15th at sunset. The Bible designated this day, the 10th day of the Hebrew month of Tishrei, as a day of atonement, a day on which God would forgive us for our sins. Let's take a look at the first time the Bible mentions this holy day. It's actually in Leviticus 16, verses 29 to 30, and I'm going to read them to you now. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. On the tenth day of the seventh month, you must deny yourselves and do not do any work, whether native-born or a foreigner residing amongst you. Because on this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then, before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. This verse tells us directly that Yom Kippur is a day set aside specifically for cleansing and forgiveness. Historically, Yom Kippur has its origins in God's forgiveness of the Israelites after they sinned by building a golden calf. That event led Moses to break the first set of tablets containing the Ten Commandments and caused God to want to destroy the entire nation of Israel. Moses pleaded with God for forgiveness and ultimately God forgave the people. The day that Moses brought down the second set of tablets, signaling God's complete forgiveness of Israel, was on the 10th day of the Hebrew month of Tishrei. That date is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and it has been a day of forgiveness ever since. 
The Bible describes an elaborate service that was performed by the priests in the tabernacle and later in the temple in Jerusalem. That service, along with the people's repentance, brought about atonement for the nation of Israel every year. Today, we no longer have the temple or the priestly service, but the power and purpose of this day remains relevant, and we can tap into it. Let me tell you what Yom Kippur looks like today. In Israel, where most people observe the sacred day, the holiness is tangible. There are almost no cars in the streets, and imagine this, empty streets, Stores are all closed, and most people are in synagogue. The silence, which is so unusual in our day and age, speaks volumes about the sanctity of the day. Every single highway is empty. People actually go bike riding on it. That is observing the day of holiness by stopping and focusing on prayer, and no cars are allowed to drive. No stores are allowed to be open. It's simply a day of atonement. On the eve of Yom Kippur, adults begin a 25-hour full fast. We don't eat or drink on this holy day, and instead, we focus entirely on repentance and prayer. Many Jewish people even have the custom to wear white on Yom Kippur, which is so beautiful to see as a sign of purity and newness. And we wear only non-leather shoes as a sign of humility. Standing in synagogue among a sea of worshipers wrapped in white, praying beautiful prayers with melodies that stir my soul feels otherworldly. There's no other way to describe it. When the sun sets and Yom Kippur ends, there is one final trumpet blast of the shofar. And then the congregation breaks out in celebration. I hug my daughters and the friends all around me. And it's like a weight has been lifted off of our shoulders and we have a fresh new start. We prayed all day, we repented, we fasted, and then we can enter this new stage in holiness and purity, going back to life. Even though Yom Kippur does have its solemn side, it's considered one of the two most joyful days of the Jewish year because there's an incredible joy that comes from knowing that we have been forgiven, that our relationship with God has been restored, and that everything is good again. Divine forgiveness is a tremendous gift. The fact that God doesn't hold us responsible for our past mistakes is a blessing that we dare not take for granted. But here's the thing. God can forgive us for anything, but he cannot forgive us for everything. There are some things that God cannot forgive us for. Now, before you panic or think I've lost my mind, let me explain. Judaism teaches that when it comes to our relationship with God, he can and he does forgive us for anything. But God does not forgive our wrongdoings of what we did to other people until we have asked for forgiveness directly from the person who we hurt. 
we are required to seek forgiveness up to three times from the person that we hurt. And then God will grant forgiveness even if it is not granted by the person we have wronged. But we have to try. For this reason, the weeks leading up to Yom Kippur are traditionally a time to ask for forgiveness from the people in our lives. My children will ask for forgiveness from their friends and from their parents. And me and my husband will ask for forgiveness from our children in case we unknowingly hurt them in any way. Teachers will ask forgiveness from students, and students will apologize for anything they might have done wrong to their teachers. In the most serious cases, where one person has intentionally and knowingly wronged another person, this season is often the catalyst for repairing the damage and mending the relationships. The gift of the holiday season is that God can wipe the slate clean, and we can all have a fresh start. But first, we need to take responsibility. We need to make amends for our past where possible. And only then can we celebrate the promise of a bright future. It's been said that two of the hardest words for people to say are, I'm sorry. Can you relate? Have you ever had to apologize and dreaded having to do it? It can be really uncomfortable to admit that we are or we were wrong. But at the same time, Saying I'm sorry are two of the most powerful words that we can say. Those words have the ability to heal relationships and change the future for the better. It takes humility to apologize. But what I've learned is that people who are able to humble themselves and admit when they are wrong are the people who are truly great. And no one taught me this lesson better than my Abba, my father, Rabbi Gil Eckstein of Blessed Memory. One time when I was a child and I was acting out, my father asked me to stop misbehaving, but I totally ignored him. He asked me to stop what I was doing repeatedly, but I just didn't listen. My father was generally a very patient, patient man, but on that day, I really pushed him to the limit. He lost patience and he yelled at me. Now, this was something I wasn't used to, he almost never yelled. I was shocked and I ran to my bedroom in tears. A few minutes later, my father came into my room and sat on my bed. I thought that he had come to punish me, but instead he stroked my back until I stopped crying. Then, with tears in his eyes, he said, I'm sorry, El. I shouldn't have reacted so harshly. Yes, you are misbehaving, but you are the child and I am the parent. I shouldn't have lost my cool and yelled at you. In the future, I'm going to be more patient and talk things out with you. I could hardly believe it. Wow, my big, strong father had come to apologize to little me. In my eyes, my father was always right and never made mistakes. It was incredibly powerful when he admitted that he had been wrong and apologized for the way that he reacted. That day, I learned that the sign of a truly strong and mature adult is the ability to ask forgiveness from anyone, including a small child. 
I learned that it was not just the right thing to do, but also the hallmark of a truly great person. The yearly tradition of asking for forgiveness around the high holidays is a great way to practice humbling ourselves all year long when we know that we are wrong. And when we are able to say those two important words, I'm sorry, we have better relationships, carry around less baggage, and live happier lives. But asking for forgiveness is not the only part of forgiveness that we practice during the High Holy Days. Yom Kippur and the days leading up to it are also a time to grant forgiveness. In the Jewish oral tradition, there is a story about two first century rabbis who prayed for rain during the time of drought in the Holy Land. The first rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer, prayed fervently for rain, but his prayers were not answered. Then his student, Rabbi Akiva, prayed for rain, and it began to rain immediately. The other sages who had gathered for the prayer services were confused. Why were the prayers of Rabbi Eliezer, the greater of the two sages, not answered, while Rabbi Akiva's prayers resulted in rain immediately? As the sages were trying to figure out what had happened, a voice came down from heaven and explained that it was not an issue of greatness. Rather, Rabbi Akiva was a more relaxed and forgiving person, while Rabbi Eliezer was more exact and demanding of other people. God responded to each person exactly according to their respective personalities and how they treated others. The rabbis taught that God responds to us as we respond to others. And if we want God to forgive us for our mistakes, we have to be willing to forgive other people for their mistakes. Just to clarify, we're not allowed to forgive someone on behalf of another person. And we're not required to forgive someone who continues to harm us. But if someone approaches us with a sincere apology, we need to practice forgiveness and grant them grace. In Leviticus 19.17, we are commanded, You shall not hate your brother in your heart. Instead of harboring hatred and resentment, we need to make every attempt to work things out with those who have hurt us. The Christian Bible speaks to the importance of forgiveness too. In Colossians, Paul taught, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ultimately, forgiving others is a gift we give ourselves, not only because God is more forgiving of our own wrongdoings, but also because we free ourselves of the emotional pain that comes with hanging on to past hurts and offenses. In fact, forgiving others is considered so important in the Jewish tradition that it is something we are encouraged to practice daily. There is a beautiful Jewish prayer that many people say every night as part of the prayers we say before going to bed. I say this prayer with my own kids when I put them to sleep, and these are the words. Master of the universe, I hereby forgive anyone who has angered or antagonized me or who has sinned against me, whether against my body, my property, my honor, or against anything of mine whether he or she did so accidentally, willfully, carelessly, or purposefully, whether through speech, deed, or thought, 
whether in this lifetime or another lifetime, I forgive everyone. May no person be punished because of me. May it be your will, Lord, my God, and the God of my forefathers, that I sin no more. And with your abundant mercies, may you erase any sins that I have already committed. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart find favor before you, God, my rock and redeemer. In the first part of the prayer, we declare that we forgive anyone who may have harmed us. And in the second part, we ask that God forgive us for anything we may have done. We forgive and seek forgiveness so that we can begin the next day fresh with a clean slate. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, takes place just 10 days into the Jewish New Year. The forgiveness that we achieve on this day allows us to start the new year cleansed and clear, refreshed, and unburdened. This state of being is best described by the liturgy of the Yom Kippur service, which describes how the high priest appeared when he emerged from the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh Kdoshim, after achieving atonement for the nation of Israel. I love this part of the prayer service. The words are so beautiful. The imagery is so rich, and we sing it joyfully together. The text compares the appearance of the high priest to many images, including a rainbow in the midst of the clouds, a rose in the midst of a garden, a bridegroom who has just been wed, a bright star in the dark sky to light that streams in through the window. That glowing spirit is what we are after and what is possible when we forgive and are forgiven. And this wonderful state of being is available to us on Yom Kippur more than any other time of year. In Isaiah 1.18, God says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Our God is a merciful God who will overlook our wrongdoings and recreate us as though we are brand new. And this is the season for receiving this gift of cleansing, renewal, and complete forgiveness. This week, take some time to think about the role forgiveness can play in your life. Is there anyone that you need to ask forgiveness from? Can you pick up the phone and make that call? Is there anyone that you have not forgiven yet? An old friend? A family member? Or maybe even yourself? What would you like God to forgive you for? What are the small blunders or huge mistakes that you'd like to erase from your record? The gift of renewal and fresh start is yours to receive. When you seek forgiveness, give forgiveness and give over your past to God. Shavua Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.